Hi friends and welcome back to part two of our Money Mindset podcast with the incredible Jill Stanton. This was an absolutely powerful session that we did with our tribe members a few months ago and we've broken it into two parts for the podcast. So if you're just jumping on now, make sure you jump back and listen to part one of this podcast first. We had so many members that were even on live on the call reach out and tell us how much they got out of listening to it again because there were so many amazing takeaways from it. We hope you absolutely get so much value out of this session today. Hello friends, I'm Amanda Barr and I'm Rebecca Lou Brennan and welcome to Dance Principles United, the podcast. Together, we are passionate about helping studio owners with the business of running their studio. Join us as we talk everything from marketing systems, studio culture, motherhood, life and everything in between. This is the Dance Principles United podcast. I love that. It's so powerful. Did anyone else just feel that and feel like that's something that they need to really understand? And I love what Jill was saying about that better understanding because I feel like so many of us sometimes bury our head in the sand and don't want to know where our money actually is. And then that makes it really hard because, of course, it's then controlling you or you're feeling confused or anything mm-hmm. like that with that relationship because if you don't understand what's happening with it, how how can you have that mindset where there is enough and, you know, that abundant and that peaceful and that calm relationship with money if you don't actually know what's happening with it all? Yeah, you're an avoider at that point. Mm. And an avoider is just like, that's too uncomfortable. I'm not going to deal with that. Mm. But then you are always at the mercy of it, right? What you avoid never goes away. It just grows (laughs) because it just like gains so much momentum because it's rooted in fear and lack. That stuff can feel suffocating. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Has anyone felt like that, that suffocation? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, (laughs) if, if, if everyone's hand isn't up. You're all a bunch of liars. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've all felt it. (laughs) We've all felt it. And especially for studio owners, you know, and that's one thing I wanted to dive into. Obviously, we've all felt like that in the last couple of years with COVID and our businesses closing down, for sure. That's made us feel that, you know, that suffocation, that real fear around money, of course. But what I wanted to jump into around that is um, that excuse kind of thing. And I know that's something that Jill's helped us so much with is like calling out us, our excuses, calling out Mm. us using excuses, whether it's COVID as an excuse or something that happened two years ago or this problem with our building or this staff member. So many of us use so many excuses. (laughs) Beck's like laughing away there. I'm just hearing (laughs) Jill in my head. at 5am <laughs> and you've always given us a really great kick in the ass around excuses that we yeah. use do you have any sort of like advice to all of our members that feel like they're holding on to excuses well it's just to keep you it's it's only done to keep you safe someone mm. give me one of their excuses around money what is one major like a repetitive thought you think or a repetitive reaction or emotion that you have when it comes to money? Or if there's something that like is a block that you just can't seem to get in front of Mm. or heal. 
Can like, I what say is one, one? thing? Yeah, please. Sorry. Um, that I have this expectation that because I love dance and I love sharing dance, that it should all come from a place of passion and not from profit. And then I think that that then connects with my whole issue with pricing and costing and not wanting to look greedy because I want to look like I do this because I love it, not because I want you to make me rich from it. Why is passion and money, why can't those be linked. You know, like that's, I never understand that because I have a business that I absolutely love. It's like the greatest joy of my life to run it. And I want to make a fuck ton of money with it. I'm unapologetic about that because that allows me to better serve my clients. It allows me to create better experiences, hire better team, do bigger things, donate more, give more, do this more, do that more, invest more, help my son more, help my family, you know, like I think so often, especially with this weird time we're in, so many people vilify money like that. It is the root cause of so much bad shit in our world. But really, it is just the small few who have been irresponsible or greedy or whatever, inappropriate with money that has been amplified and used as like the example. See, when you make a lot of money, you become bad or you're greedy or you're you take advantage of people. But I don't even think I know one rich pe- one rich person who is inconsiderate, insensitive, rude, inappropriate, or anything like that with their money. Most people that I know who have a lot of money are well-resourced, have huge hearts, are driven around serving their community and their clients and their family, and they, they want to do good things with it. They want to spread the joy. They want to create more abundance. They want to help their communities. They want to do more. They want to amplify their work. And so it's really about detaching from more profit equals I'm greedy or I'm bad or I shouldn't be making this much because in reality, it allows you to expand your business, which allows you to hire more people, which allows those people to have a bigger impact in their community because they make more money. So they spend more money. They hire more people. They go shopping. They support local businesses. Like it's a ripple effect and it gets to start with your business. And the more the more money you make, the more well-resourced you are, the more good in the world you can do. People with good, good people with a lot of money do great things in the world. Mm. That gets to be true. It doesn't have to be, you know, all these people make all these money and they're all this money and they're all a bunch of dickheads. You know, that's not what it is for the most part. Most people do really great things when they have a lot of money. For sure. I love that. Yeah. And can I say one final thing around that? Yeah. You don't make a lot of money by taking advantage of people. Like you don't make and keep your money when you take advantage of people. The people who make a lot of money do so by creating great value in the world. That is how the economy is driven. It is creating, it is producing value, right? And so all the people who make a lot of money, they're just producing a lot more value in the world. And so they make more money. And so it's actually a good thing if you can make more money. It's actually the highest of service, highest service hmm? of the highest service. You know what I'm trying to say? I'm going to stop there. I'm ranting. <laughs> yeah, no, I love this. And I think as well, the more money you make, the more kids you can affect in a positive way. Yes. You know, I always say that. And also what I love about what Jill is saying though, is that you've got to still put yourself first. Like that has to come first and then you can serve everybody else, but put yourself first, your money first. I love it. You're amazing. So good. 
And I would also say that for um, Gemma, who said the feeling of wanting to allow all the students to join an opportunity of dance, which translates to me as make it affordable, AKA cheap. There will always be cheaper options. If you don't feel aligned with being Walmart, don't be Walmart, you know? Like you don't have to be the cheapest option. You know what I mean? There's a price point for every customer. Mm. People will join at different price points that match their current financial situation. You do not have to be bottom basement, bottom basement prices because then it's just a race to the bottom and you just get priced out and then you have no margin. You can't do shit. Can't hire more people, you know? And I would venture to say when people pay more, they pay more attention. They don't miss classes. They show up better. They take, they're more respectful. They're on time. You know, there's a lot of good things that happen when we charge what we want to charge. Yeah. Yeah, totally. And I think people will pay more because they think it's a better product. So that's the thing, like they will buy the Nike shoes, which are probably, let's be honest, the exact same as the Kmart, we call it Kmart here, Walmart shoes, like exact same, but they'll buy it because they think it's a better product. I found that with my dance school. We're the biggest by far in my area. We're also by far the most expensive. And people yeah. will come because they think they're getting a better product because you get yes. what you pay for, right? Yes. And also, like, the whole pricing thing around, like, how can you charge so much? I mean, everyone has iPhones. That shit is expensive, you know? But somehow <laughs> they find a way to make it. <laughs> what, sorry? I said every kid has an iPhone. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah. And so they can justify that stuff, but they can't justify a $3 price raise or a $5 price raise, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. So, so valuable. Hey, we'd love to open the floor up to anyone who has a question for Jill. Who's brave enough. <laughs> Don't be scared. <laughs> um, Marie said something before that I'd love her to expand on. She said, how do you deal with the noise? Yeah. So I just like, I, I love all of that and it's, and it's so, um, yeah, it's really important to remember all that stuff. But then how do you deal with the noise of the people that um, do sort of bring you down in that situation, if that makes sense? Yeah. I think at that point, it's like, do I want to take advice from this person? Do I want to take feedback and advice or criticism from someone, a parent, a friend, a family member, a community member, whatever it is? Like, I don't take advice or criticism from anyone who isn't in the game. I just don't because they're not living the kind of life I want to be living. And so their opinion or their advice or their ideas of what I should do doesn't really matter to me because they're not in the ring. They're not taking punches. They're not taking risks. They're not expanding themselves. They're not doing the work. They're not getting better as a entrepreneur. And therefore I got to assume they're stuck in their normie little bubble doing the same shit over and over, living a conventional life. And that's not who I'm trying to take advice from. I only want to take advice from people who match my future Mm. and who are expanders and who have a life I strive to live. If Mm. that's not where they're at, then unfortunately, or fortunately, their opinion doesn't matter to me. Now, I'm not saying it doesn't sting sometimes because people can be nasty, but also I always remember that happy and successful people very rarely try to break others down to build themselves up. Happy and successful people are typically doing their own thing, not worried about you, focused on their own game, and they're not trying to tear people down. 
they know that that shit is toxic and it it comes back to them. And so they're like, eye on the prize, blinders on. And so for you or for anyone who deals with this, it's really about understanding the root of that, which is a fear of judgment and people pleasing, trying to control how someone views us or perceives us or experiences us. And so often we want to control that because we want to look like we're nice or we're justified or we're good people or we're a good business owner or we're not taking advantage of people. But you you could be the nicest, most of service, cheapest person around or most frugal person around or whatever it is. And someone will still find fault with you. Mm. And so it's about getting clear on who you want to be, the values you have, the thoughts you want to think, the beliefs you want to subscribe to, how you want to show up in the world, the work you want to do, who you want to support, what you want to create, what you want to donate, how you want to create an impact, like all of that. That's on you to, de- on you to decide. And anyone who has an opinion is either allowed in or just disregarded. And that's on you to decide that. One but of, and- it's all in your power. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Um, one of the best podcasts I've ever heard of yours, Jill, that sticks in my mind is yeah, one yeah. of um, you, uh, you and Josh talking about um, your parents. And it's quite an mm. honest conversation about your parents and talking about how much you love them, but they have a different mindset around business than you do. And, you know, that you've had to learn to not take business advice because they give it yeah. to you from a point of fear that they're worried about what you're going to do and I feel that that like is so so valuable that sometimes we you know we can love our parents we can love our you know partners our friends and stuff um but doesn't mean we have to always take all of their advice on board this has probably been my biggest wound I've had to heal Mm. and I'm still not even through it like there has been so much stuff that's come up for me recently where I'm like oh damn I thought I was over that But um, I recently realized my mom's my first mean girl. How sad is that? You know, like she didn't mean it. She wasn't being an asshole, but she was conditioned that way, you know, to criticize or to judge or to talk about people. And I realized, oh my God, I learned that from my mom. Like that's heavy, you know? And my mom is rooted in worry and fear. All of her stuff is around that. You know, so I was just telling Beck and Amanda before we started this, that my husband and I are, we recently started homeschooling. So we live in the Cayman Islands, but we recently started homeschooling our son and we realized, oh my God, we don't have to be in the Cayman Islands, which is tiny and is so boring once you've done everything like five times or more. And so we're like, let's go traveling. And I told my mom and she's like, oh, great. So I guess I'm never going to see my grandson ever again then. And I was like, that's a very strong reaction and absolutely not based in truth. And it like cut me deep because I was just like, what? So I have to like frame my life around you in Canada. Like, no, that's not happening. And so sometimes it's just allowing them to have their opinion. And one thing I've started doing for myself is saying, my mom's a worrier, dot, dot, dot. So what? My mom judges basically everything I do, dot, dot, dot. So what? My mom is a stressor. My mom will do whatever. My mom will make comments about not seeing Kai, dot, dot, dot. So what? And it allows you to kind of disengage from that and be like, it's just my mom. And I understand that that one's hard, especially if you're a woman, because it's the mother wound. And so we were taught how to be a female by someone who is also has their own conditioning and their own programming and their own wounds and their own triggers. And 
you know, consciously or unconsciously pass that off to us. And so it's unraveling a lot of that and not putting a lot of weight in our parents' opinions because they grew up in a totally different time. You know, like they were raised by parents out of the depression for most of us. And so the scarcity and the fear and the lack was really real for their parents. And so then they pass that off to our parents who have then unwittingly passed it on to us, you know? And so just do what you're told, you know, be seen, not heard, whatever it is that we were conditioned with growing up as a kid, like that stuff becomes capital T truth for us. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so fucking important to go to the root of things, to understand these triggers so that you can understand where it comes from, what the root of it is, so that you can understand it, heal it, and release it. But if you try to override your triggers by not understanding the root of it, they will keep coming up and demanding your attention until you finally give in. Yeah. Got to dig deep. Mm. Got to find those <laughs> those things that are hidden inside us sometimes, which is, can be so scary. All the time. Yeah, oh, It's so scary. And I would venture to say, like, this work around self-awareness and stepping more into your own personal power is quite possibly some of the most emotional work you could do because there's a lot of latent things that we just didn't realize we were programmed with. Mm. And so then it's about digging through that, figuring it out so that it can become, we can become aware of it so that we can spot it when it comes up again. Right. So I always tell our clients catch, cancel, correct. Self-awareness is the first step of that right? Because once you're aware of a trigger, so um, um, someone saying, if I pay myself, the business will fail, right? Or if I pay myself more or whatever it was, right? So the trigger around that is probably like spending money is bad, paying yourself is bad, like money doesn't grow on trees, money's finite, all of that kind of stuff, right? So becoming aware of that so that when it comes up again, you can catch it in the moment, And if you're a weirdo like me, we'll literally say cancel out loud. Like I'll just sit, I was in the grocery store the other day and I was like, cancel, cancel, cancel. As I'm like picking pasta off the thing, I'm like, cancel, 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 cancel. Like a fucking weirdo. Um, But it interrupts the thought, right? Because you're just sitting there saying cancel, 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 cancel until your brain's like, okay, I get it. Damn, cancel. And then you can consciously correct it with what you want to believe. Mm. So what do you want to believe about money? What do you want to believe about your parents? What do you want to believe about your customers? What do you want to believe about your success, your personal power, your clients, whatever it is, your team? Consciously consciously choosing that and replacing it anytime you notice these triggers coming up. And that's why awareness is so powerful. That's why doing this work is 90% of the game. You guys think it's marketing or strategies or whatever. It is stepping into your power. It is becoming aware of the beliefs you hold and the thoughts you think Mm. that is 90% of the game because then you can adjust it and upgrade it. I love that. Yeah. And what I love most is that you're still working on that every day, Jill. And like, that is such a great growth mindset to have is just to consistently realize that you've got to keep working on that. Mm. And the work never stops. There's always a new layer, right? Because we're all growth minded. That means we all value expansion, right? And so as we expand, there's going to be new things that come up, right? Like, I don't know, version of you who thought, you know, $10,000 a month was amazing. Well, as you get to 
you know, 50 or a hundred thousand dollars a month, $10,000. You're like, Oh my God, I'm at, remember the time that I thought $10,000 a month was huge, you know, and you'd like minimize it, but you had to do so much inner work to get to that next level. And so of course there's going to be new layers of things to peel back. Mm-hmm. You're like a sexy little onion. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like being a sexy little onion. <laughs> Just what you always want to be. Who doesn't love a sexy little onion? Uh, hey, maybe we can um unmute Jesse. Um, Jesse's talking about people not respecting it. And I think whether that's a partner or a mean girl or just the voice inside your head, that imposter syndrome. Jess, do you want to unmute yourself and tell us a bit about what you mean? Hello, so I'm doing the school run too. Um, so I deal a lot with people going like, oh, it's just a big studio. It's not important. They don't see it as a business. Like, particularly my ex with my son, like, with his work, it's, oh, you have to look after the kids because I'm working, I'm earning money. But if I get anyone to look after my kids so I can work, I'm palming them off so I don't have to deal with them. Like, it's just... Oh, and it drives me insane. I'm like, no, I'm running a business. Like, <laughs> and I just, I just don't know how to deal with it anymore. Like, I honestly just cracked the shit to that. Excuse my language, because it's stupid. Like, it's just stupid. Hmm. Um, zero need to apologize for your language. I think I've said fuck about seventeen times. And I'm- <laughs> You're good. Um, realize that his criticisms are so so much more about him than they are about you. It is most certainly everything. So what I would think, obviously I'm don't even know you, Jesse, and I'm just hearing this for the first time, but just based on what you're telling me is it is his own thing. And he likely sees you expanding and doing something that matters to you. And it is highlighting for him or putting a spotlight on for him that he is not taking a certain action or, moving up in his life. He is not expanding in the way that he wants to. And so it is easier to cut you down and make you the bad guy versus take really reflect on himself and take a look at what he's doing. Mm -hmm. And secondly, like you don't, he doesn't need to get it for it to be valid. He doesn't need to get it for your business to be successful. He doesn't need to get it for you guys to have a cordial, peaceful, amicable co-parenting relationship. Because ultimately I would think, I mean, if it was my son and I was going through this with my husband, the thing I would prioritize the most is my, my kid's experience. And so I would do whatever it took for me to do my own work, to understand that his reflections or his projections is simply a indicator of how upset and miserable and unaligned he is in his life because victims blame shame and justify and when they are triggered by someone who is expanding and doing something for themselves they will do anything to chop that person down to build themselves up Mm -hmm. and so just realize it has nothing to do with you and everything to do with him and once you realize that then we can start to find some compassion because then you can see wow, he must really be upset or disempowered or miserable or unhappy or unaligned in his life. I send him nothing but love. It's like, love him, forgive him and delete him. Mm. You know, 
That's how we do that. Because he doesn't, he only holds power over you that you give him. You are allowing him to take that power from you by giving him a voice in your life. And if it were me, obviously, again, I don't know your situation. All I would do is protect the, my kid in that scenario, because that will have a greater impact than, you know, a couple nasty things that your ex might say to you out of triggers and hurt. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you guys all know that I've been in like a relationship and I talk about it all the time. That's, that's very controlling and was really awful. And Jill's exactly right. Like if you have that, then it is about like, just not taking it on yourself as well and realizing that it's the other person. And that is really hard to do. Like it took me a long time. Please don't think that that's going to happen overnight, Jess, but like, it is really hard to do, but when you do it, you feel so empowered. And when you let go of that as well, because you're wasting so much time on that energy and constantly thinking about what they're thinking and they're doing. And when you let go of that and actually start focusing on yourself, that's when you're going to skyrocket because probably at the moment you're wasting so much space around that. And when you can actually do what Jill's telling you to do, then you're going to start working on your own self and realize what you're doing is great. And then you're going to like kill life. So yeah, definitely, definitely work on that. And just imagine how powerful you would feel to be unfazed by anything he says. Thank you for your opinion. I appreciate that. You know, like, thanks so much for letting me know how you feel. I appreciate that. Unfazed. Like that is the biggest ammo you could have is to not allow them or their jabs to impact you. It's like, I hear you. Thank you for sharing your thoughts. Appreciate it. I hear that you are triggered by this. Cool. Totally get it. Thank you for sharing. Or it's just like one thing that I use is, you know how I feel about that. You know, that just shuts it down. You know how I feel about that. It's a game over conversation done. You know how I feel about that. Mm. Love it. Love it. If he gets so much angry when you do that. Okay. Allow him to have his experience. You don't need to control his experience. Allow him to have his experience. He's a grown ass man. Protect your kid. Protect yourself. Let him have his experience. Amazing. Um, I love this question from um, Morgan. The the answer is yes. (laughs) (laughs) The answer is a giant fuck yes. (laughs) That comparing yourself to others in the industry rather than staying focused on your own vision and staying in your own lane. Do you have any advice around that for Morgan or anyone else feeling like that? Yeah, I think um, one, I think it's common. We all do it right? We're judgment making machines. We make meaning out of pretty much anything. That person said this. So that means this, you know, oh, this person is doing that. So that must mean they're doing this. Or this person just had this promotion and they did this. So that must mean I'm this. We attribute meaning to pretty much everything in our lives when we don't have to. And so instead of comparing yourself to others who might be doing other cool shit, Like, what if you compare yourself to someone who is further behind you? I think that's a a bigger deal because it's so easy to compare yourself and disempower yourself because you think you're not there yet, but you have no clue what their experience is like. Mm. And I think that's become more and more apparent for me um, as just like mine and my husband's business. We help a lot of coaches and course creators who run launches and we've worked with some pretty big names in this space. 
And then also in my business, Millionaire Girls Club, like I'm obviously privy to a lot of people who are functioning at a high level. It's not always, you know, roses and rainbows. A lot of the time, as you continue to grow, you know, there's certain pains or what is the word I'm looking for? Like just new levels of discomfort that you have to navigate as you scale your business. Expenses increase. You have to become a better manager of money. You have to become a better manager of people. You have to build better relationships. You have to seek out different investments. You have to hire better coaches. Like as you expand in your results, in your students, in your revenue, in your personal growth, well, you also have to expand your ability to hold and navigate discomfort whether that is comparing yourself to someone else, whether that is learning how to better manage money, whether that is becoming a better under or gaining a deeper understanding of your own triggers and your own wounds and what comes up for you. Um, you'll always have someone to compare yourself to. And that is nothing but a recipe for misery. And so the thing I've done is when I was really deep in this is I just got off social media. Like I just started on following anyone who triggered me. Anyone who made me feel like I was less than, or I allowed myself to feel like I was less than, mm. right? Because I'm telling you with full certainty, you never know the whole story. And so someone, I, I know someone right now who on social media has it all going on. You would think that they are killing it, have the best relationships in the background. Their lives are falling apart. They're just not talking about it. And so please just know you never actually know what someone is going through, even if you are comparing yourself to them, even if you are projecting this idea you have of them onto them. That is all within your control. And you can just as easy, just as easily bring that back to focusing on yourself. Mm. What do I feel as though I'm lacking? What do I feel as though I need right now? What is some support in my life? that I could use right now? Who really has my back that I could talk to, you know? And also, am I really doing that bad? Or am I just an entrepreneur who is in the ebbs and flows, right? Because that's business. Business is ebbs and flows. It's seasons. You can't have flow without the ebb. And so if you are in the ebb, whether that's comparing yourself to other people or, you know, a dip in revenue or navigating a challenging experience with a team member or a client or a parent or whatever, just know that when you're in the ebb, it means nothing about you as a human. And on the other side of, and on the other side is the flow, right? And when you're in the flow, just know that an ebb is coming and it means nothing and you'll find your way back into the flow. Mm. That's just business. Yes. It's why it's like we build this emotional fitness when we stay in the ring and we keep going for it. Mm. Just eventually we get more resilient and stronger and more able to navigate and understand the emotions and see them for what they are. Just thought patterns, things we keep thinking over and over again. Yeah. doesn't actually mean anything about our future. Incredible. I love that. Let's finish up because I know Jill's got to run, but I love this question to finish up. How do you define a successful business owner? How is a successful entrepreneur defined by you? Um, by me specifically, having the freedom to do what you want, when you want, with whoever you want, from wherever you want. Mm. that's for me, that's what it is. I was just talking to um, one of my clients in MGC as a wealth manager, Caitlin, and she's 
taught me so much. And she was saying on a call today with me, wealth is really just not having stress in your life. That's the true definition of wealth, not ever worrying about money. Just being able to wake up and being like, oh, I have choice. I have peace in my life. And that would be one thing that I would really kind of love to tie this all up with is, and I did this exercise for myself and it was so interesting to see what came up for me is like, what is the essence of everything you say you want? Because so many of us can be like, I want to make more money. But what is the essence underneath that? And so what I mean by that is like, what is the feeling you're chasing and making it mean just money? Does anyone want to share what comes up for them? For me, when I realized the essence of money for me is peace. I just don't want to wake up feeling stressed anymore. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to wake up feeling like, oh my God, what are we going to do for money? You know, like it's peace. Mm -hmm. It's a regulated nervous system. You know, it's not feeling like I'm waking up with anxiety. It's certainty, right? Yes, freedom, contentment, comfort, freedom, happy, peace, comfort, comfort, freedom, joy. Yes, that's the essence of what you say you want. And why that is important is because you can access that right now. It is simply a feeling. And so how can you find the essence of that in your day-to-day life at least once a day? So how can you feel free? How can you feel comfortable? How can you feel happy? How can you feel peaceful? How can you feel, how can you have fun? How can you feel joyful? How can you find even a sliver of that once a day? That's it. And then just revel in it for as long as you possibly can. Oh my God, this is the essence of freedom for me. This is the essence of money for me. This is the essence of wealth for me. And like hanging on to that vibe and living in it as much as possible and making that a habit. Living in the essence of everything you say you want. Mm. I love that so much. And Brianna's just said she's feeling free, happy, and content getting to listen to you. Um, oh. so to hear that. <laughs> so life changing, Jill. Everything you say is just such a brain explosion. I'm so. <laughs> Thank you so much. Love we you, girl. Thank you enough for coming on and sharing your amazing wisdom with our tribe family. I'm sure they all got so much out of it. You are incredible. You guys have to go and um, give Jill a follow on Millionaire Girls Club. It's the Millionaire Girls Club, isn't it? I know you've yeah. got you've got some people faking out being you, but <laughs> <laughs> the Millionaire Girls Club is me. Yeah, yeah. we would. thank you guys so much, and thank you for all the questions and answering and doing the the exercises with us i really appreciate that thank you and obviously amanda and becca love you guys oh and nathan i love (laughs) nathan too (laughs) he just wants to be in millionaire girls club it's just Uh, i was gonna say he's an honorary girl in the millionaire (laughs) girls club (laughs) thanks guys happy friday bye guys thank you